<laughs> yeah, you just keep pedaling. Apparently, it just goes faster and faster. Hey, what's up? This is Kat. Welcome to the Joyride. Well, hello out there, wherever in the world you may be. Welcome to the Joyride. This podcast is a celebration of women who ride bikes. Hey there. My name is Kat Caparello, and I am in love with riding bikes and also with helping to break down the barriers so that we can encourage more everyday women to try on riding bikes. That's because I believe in the transformative power of the bike, not only in our personal lives, but in our communities and the world at large. I've witnessed it in my own life. You can read more about that at my blog, which is called Girl Eats Bike, but That's not the point. The point is, it is launch week here at the Joyride. Woo! That means we're posting one show every day to spin your wheels, to ring your bell, to turn your cranks, to get you rolling, to, well, you get the point. After that, we'll share a new conversation every week with another gal who rides bikes in some form or fashion. Since it is launch week, I would love for you to subscribe, to rate the podcast in iTunes, and to write a review. This would help to get the joyride on the iTunes new and noteworthy list, which would help get more women to find the show, and it sure would mean a bunch. It'd also be pretty sweet if you shared the show with at least one gal who you feel like should give it a listen. Either way, I'm honored for your time and your attention, and I am so excited for you to join me on this journey wherever in the world it is going to take us. On this first ever episode of the Joyride podcast, we chat with Jess Hainbury from Chicago about her bike love, riding for charity, and one sweet little trick to get you up that hill. If you want to follow along at home, you'll find the links we discuss at girleatsbike.com forward slash joyride 001. I'll be back after this conversation to fill in any gaps. So let's get into it. So, yeah, so I'm so glad I've got Jess Hainbury here with me. Um, (laughs) And uh, Jess is my very first interview. I'm super excited about it. And we're here to talk about bikes um, and what your experience has been on the bike. Yeah, it's a a good one. I love it. Um, So... You, you know, we were we were just talking a moment ago and you said that you're in Chicago now, but you learned how to ride a bike in Philly. Um, I'm a Jersey girl myself. Okay, awesome. Um, so I can definitely relate to, you know, to some of the East Coast. Yeah. I grew up in the Philly area, so um, got a lot of love for that for that neighborhood. Yeah, you definitely learn um, pretty quickly when everything is uphill. You just power, you just learn to power through. <laughs> <laughs> right. Awesome. So why don't you tell me a little bit about, like, do you remember what your, you know, what that first bike was like or what that first ride was like? Yeah, I actually Um, do. So I remember my, my, I mean, I think I had a handy hand-me-down bike growing up, but I think my first like brand new bike for me was one one of those like traditional under the Christmas tree scenarios where I came down, it was like my favorite color. It was like this rosy reddish color and it was a beach cruiser. It had, um, 
scoop handlebars. So, um, and I was just in love with it and I wrote it everywhere. I was, I was obsessed then as I am now when I, with a little break in between, which I'll mention in a little bit, but, um, my sister could write, okay, we're going to talk what kids do, but my sister used to very illegally ride on the handlebars down the street. Um, we were about a mile and a half from school and, um, and our swim club. So she would kind of ride on the handlebars with me. Um, it's how I got anywhere. And it was that sense of freedom that I think made me ride it for so long. And then, um, then I got my driver's license and I look back at like the 10 year gap where I didn't really ride my bike. And I can't believe I kind of wasted that time because once I moved here and I got back on that bike, I was like, everything, everyone thinks that it, um, you get somewhere faster in a car, but when it really comes down to traffic and finding parking and one-way streets and all this kind of thing, biking a lot of times is the way to go. So my first bike, yeah, it, it was a first sense of real independence, you know, being able to ride to the grocery store and to school and to the swim club and all that stuff. Do you remember how old you were? About? That bike, I was probably like 12. Like I said, I had some like beaters and hand-me-downs from cousins before that, but that was my first bike that like, I could rely on it. You know, it was just, it was a new, new, good, uh, bike. That's awesome. Did you, um, did it have a name? Did you nickname it or anything like that? No, not that bike, but, um, my first bike, my first white Schwinn here, I, I got, um, uh, red and, or orange and blue handlebars. Cause those were just colors I wanted and not realizing that I was in, I was new to Chicago. So I didn't realize there was real bears colors, Chicago bears. Guy, and I don't care about sports at all, but we did end up naming that bike bears bike. And I had, I had him for like three or four years, but I think oh, that so might've been the only bike I actually named. That's fun. Yeah. Um, so you're, so you have a bike now and you don't have a name for it. No. You have, tell me, tell me about, so tell me about your, the, the gap. Tell me about that. Yeah. You know, you had a 10 year gap and then you kind of refound. Yeah. So bike. tell me about that. Part of it, I think too, was when I moved, um, like my middle school and high school weren't close and like, and I was from Pennsylvania. So riding to school, um, in the suburbs, it, the way that I would have gone wasn't safe. So I had to do bus or car, or at least I thought I did looking back. I'm like, I, I could have figured that out. But, um, for the most part, the distance was such and, and the driving, driving times were such because I played sports after school that um, I ended up driving from when I was 16 to literally about a decade, I think, 16 to about 26 when I moved here. Um, and I had uh, my first car I did name. the It was a little electric blue Toyota Tercel from my grandmother that was basically like driving in a Diet Coke can. But um, I drove that and then I got a Red Jetta when I moved to Atlanta for a while. And I mean, there was a certain amount of independence there, but it's nothing, it is nothing like riding your bike and being able to maneuver and figure new places out. And really the way that, you know, a town, like when once about nine months into living in Chicago, I started riding my bike and suddenly I was the expert, you know, I knew where everything was because you go down those back roads and you're not just kind of riding on the main roads. Um, but yeah, for about a decade I was driving and, and I went to school in Virginia. So that was, you know, there are places for cars, I think, um, in some parts of what we do daily, but like, actually maybe not even daily. Like when I think about how much some of my friends, my friends' lives could be better by, uh, you know, leaving their cars at home most of the time, unless when you, you know, you really need to take something around, I guess. But 
Yeah, I'm sad about that 10 years, I guess, <laughs> that I, I wasn't on my bike as much. I did try to bring a bike to college, but I think I bought a crappy bike, so it just didn't work right, so I kind of gave up. But I have a little bit of regret there, but I'm back on my bike now. <laughs> yeah, no, I I, uh, I totally hear that. Like, And I think it's really, um, I think we're finding that a lot where a lot of folks yeah. have like, you have this thing with, you know, in your childhood, it's, for me, it was definitely my first sense of freedom. Yeah. Um, and then you get that permit or that driver's yeah. license. Which is a rite of passage. This... It's, it's defined as a rite of passage. So you think you have to do it. Yeah. Yeah. And there's a lot of social pressure to do that too. I mean, like it would have, I mean, maybe now, I don't know what it's like to, I don't know what it's like now, but, um, I know that there's no way that it could be cool to be like, yeah. ask somebody out on a date yeah. and you don't have a car. Yeah. At least not the way that things are kind of framed yeah. when I was, you know, when I was in high school and that was like really the imperative. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, I think it's super common and I just love that folks are, are kind of like finding their way back. Sure. Um, what, so what kind of writing, writing do you do now? Like what, where do you, where do you go? I, what do you do? I basically it's, I, for the most part it's for, um, commuting, but I go all over the place. So to and from work. Yeah. But like, when I go to the grocery store, when I need to go run an errand, when I need to go to a friend's house, when I go meet a, a friend at a bar or restaurant kind of deal, like, I mean, unless I'm going to drink a lot, in which case I don't run my bike, but, uh, or like, you know, um, it's, it's pretty much my, the way I get around today. I went to, I was thinking about it. Um, it's just coincidentally, I had to go from work to the dentist today. Um, and because we're doing some moving at work, so I had to take a cab today because I'm literally bringing boxes and boxes home that I need to, to get out of headquarters. But so I took a cab to the dentist and on the way back, I was waiting to find a cab or a, I was waiting for a, a ride share and it was taking so long. I was so frustrated. I was like, everything is always better, especially in the downtown area because of the way, um, the roads are mapped out with the one ways and uh, kind of knowing my way around better on a bike. I was so frustrated and I, I was just like kicking myself. Like, I know this, I know that biking is always better in the city. You know, it's always faster. I would have been back by now. I wouldn't have been standing, standing out here, you know, getting cold from standing still. But, um, yeah, I, I take it everywhere. I haven't done a lot of long distance, um, rides. I've done triathlons. So I, you know, 26 miles, um, done, a, done a few rides to breweries. Like you take the, you take the um, bike there and then there's like a bike or a train path home because the train can take the bikes, which is pretty cool. Um, but yeah, so I've done probably a 30, 40 mile bike ride before, but soon enough, I'm doing my first 200 mile um, two day, two day ride. But yeah, I'm mostly a commuter, but excited to be a more active long distance rider. So how, uh, and I'm really, uh, I'm psyched to read that about your, about the 200 mile ride. I can't wait to ask you about that. What, what's your, are you commuting right now, even in like the winter season? Yeah. So I've got, I'll send you a photo. I've got an amazing, uh, get up that I've like perfected over eight years of riding here. So I've got, you know, everybody has like their go-to gloves and their scarf and everything. I actually have a helmet, like a Viking helmet because it, it because it's dark so much here it kind of, I mean, it's very silly and I like being silly, but also cars notice it more. And I think that's yeah. obviously super important, but yeah, unless it's, um, super icy where I'm not going to be able to see the ice, I keep biking through the cold and especially it hasn't really been that cold this year. Um, but I have, 
I will tell you about my one experience where I was like, you have to know your own limits. You know, I, um, kind of fell off my bike on, in the ice because I was, I was being stubborn and it was weather that I knew I wasn't comfortable with, but I was like, but I don't like to leave my bike behind. And I kind of fell off it at the, the corner. And there was a girl, I looked up and there was a girl with Converse sneakers on and gray pants. And I was, I looked at her and I was like, wait, is this me? And I looked at it. I was so confused. I was like, okay, that was, that freaked me out too much. Like she just was dressed the same as me. So I was like, wait, oh, in like wow. some kind of afterlife scenario, but. Oh my goodness. No, That's it was crazy. very silly, but you know, I think it's really important to know your own limits. I don't feel comfortable in ice. Some people might have better equipment than I do or better, you know, I don't know, vision for all that stuff. So I think it's like knowing your own stuff, but cold, I know it can handle. I just, you know, you layer up, right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, layers are, layers are key there. Yeah. Um, you know, I think it's, it's interesting that you said it's your, you know, your all weather yeah. commuter gear is like stuff that you've perfected over yeah. eight years. Yeah. Um, can you, uh, I don't know, like talk a little bit more about that because I think that people sometimes find that to be a barrier yeah. and they're like, I need to have all of it right now or I'm going to fail. Yeah. And no, it's just not really the case. Yeah. I think, I think that's for sure. True. I think, um, for me, I mean, I'll specifically talk about gloves, but gloves have been the hardest because those are in the, I mean, I'm getting into specifics, but because those are your fingers are in the front of the handlebars, it's really hard because everyone always suggests mittens, which just, <laughs> that doesn't feel safe at all. But I, um, I found, I finally found some ones that are thick enough, but I, I like the dexterity of them, but I heard about these claw ones that are, that actually make, um, two fingers go together for warmth. So I think it's all about talking to friends and keeping on these message boards and seeing what people on Reddit might recommend. I mean, I connected with you and the Will Women switchboard. So I think there's all these people out there with product recommendations. I found it. I, I have to say, I, I went to a um, a resale shop, like one of those Buffalo Exchange ones, and I finally found the perfect parka, was which was like a clutch part. And then um, I have my winter helmet is more like a burn helmet, whereas I use like a regular racer helmet in the summer because it has vents. But it's all about messing with things. Like if you're cold the one day, then you figure out what's cold and, and you go talk to people. You write it. I mean, write about it on Facebook. You're not the only biker out there. People have got product ideas. Um, I, I don't think it should be a barrier for people, especially because once you get out there and you warm up, it's really only for, unless it's freezing. It's really only that first 10 minutes where you're still warming up. And then I've gotten through rides where I'm like, oh, I, why do I have all this stuff on? You know, you start out freezing and then you're like, God, these gloves are so, like, it's too hot in here. So I think um, messing around with that stuff and finding your, your uniform, it, it gets easy once you know the layering and, and what you need to do. Yeah, I, I definitely agree with that. It's funny because I've, I've like accrued these yeah. things, like little bits, yeah. pieces here and there over the years. And now it's like, oh, I finally... I feel like I've got, I don't have, um, it's not a hundred percent. Um, but you know, I feel like I've got stuff, some things figured yeah. out. Um, and I want to try those. Yeah. Those I think craft makes them. I'm not sure, yeah. but it ma makes me think that this little baby one here is going to be a lot happier yeah. in the long run. That's my worst one. Like the that. pinky is my worst one too. So yeah. we'll, we'll try, we'll have to confer notes. We'll talk, uh, your notes. <laughs> <laughs> um, so what is your, what's, I, I don't know. I think, I think your favorite thing about riding is kind of a loaded question, but like, what is, what are your favorite things? Like other than the sense of freedom yeah. necessarily. So I just, okay. So uh, the, the two rides I do every day 
like our go to work and come back, right? And when I first started biking, I worked downtown and that was about a seven mile bike, which I loved. But now um, it's, I mean, I live conveniently two and a half miles from work now, which is most people would think is convenience, but I kind of miss that little bit of longer distance just to myself. You know, it's kind of like, I don't want to say zone out because you're on the road, but it is, it is personal time. I consider that really important, waking my body up, getting that little bit of exercise in. I mean, I, I do other exercise besides that, but I feel like the biking is, is that way that I wake my body up and, and I welcome myself to the day kind of thing. And, and kind of think about what I'm going to do for that day. And then the ride home, um, depending on what kind of day it was at work, it's either a celebration or, or just kind of like recapping the day, thinking about what I want to do tomorrow, um, obsessing over conversations I had, which is a bad habit of myself. But um, it's kind of my own time. I love, I, I love having that and, and feeling that quiet time in a world where it's so easy to be distracted by your phone. You know, I can't do that on my bike. So um, it really is a time for me to, as close as I can be to meditating with still making you understand that I am being safe on the road. Yeah, yeah, yeah totally. Um, that's one of my favorite things about it is the moving meditation. Yeah, yeah. You know, that the, the cycle, the rhythm, the cadence of it. Yeah. Um, and it probably pretty valuable after a stressful day yeah. too, right? Yeah, it really is. Like it's, it kind of puts an end point on the work day and, and opens me up for the evening part. Like by it's right now, it's about only about a 20 minute ride or probably 15 minute ride. But it, it, by the time I get home, a lot of that stuff is washed away. And I, and I love walking in and feeding the animals and kind of beginning that like evening segment of my day. Um, what do you think is like, do you feel safe when you're, when you're riding? I know it sounds like you've got a lot of experience, yeah. but what, what's it like, um, to ride in Chicago? Yeah. Is it so, protected bike lanes or what do, what do you have? It's getting, some of the really major roads are getting better and better, um, which is really great. I know that's the biggest barrier to entry for any of my non-bike riding friends is kind of feeling like you're not welcome because there aren't, um, bike lanes. The bike lanes that exist and are being built are really amazing and really great and you feel protected and all that kind of stuff. I Sometimes I think that I feel safer than maybe I should. I mean, cars cars are out there and for the most part they're paying attention, but some of them don't really want you there, especially in the winter part because all the all the bike lanes are snowed over, so the bikes are parking or the cars are parking in the bike lane. So cars kind of expect the bikers to stop, but this is how I get around. So I don't always feel a complete peace between the cars and the bikers. I, I feel safe because I feel strong on my bike. I feel like I, I've, I've got the experience to put in there. But anyone that would start out now, I would recommend doing it on a time when there isn't the, all the ice and stuff. I Sometimes I feel that animosity between the bikes and the cars, and definitely not all the time. I know it's kind of a conversation we as bikers have a lot about, you know, where you're welcome and where you're not. But I kind of think as long as I'm trying to do my best to stay in, you know, that right side area or whatever area is marked off and I am um, doing what, if it's at nighttime, I've got my lights on all that kind of thing. Like, I think I've got the confidence to know that I'm doing a good thing, not only for me, but for the environment. And I think that, and as long as I ride safely, I feel okay. I don't know. I, I, I don't think that's exactly answering your question, but I feel okay, but I get why other people have that block to get started. Yeah. 
Yeah, I think if you, especially if you haven't been on a bike for a long time and you're unsure about your handling, yeah. or if you've got a bike that doesn't fit, you know, those are all things that I think help to build um, a, a confidence issue. Yeah. You know, if your bike is too big and you just have a hard time handling it no matter what, yeah. it's really not safe to learn how to ride it. Yeah in traffic yeah. at a busy time of day or something. So I, it makes total sense. I think I was, and I would, and I would hope to pass this on, but I was going to say, I, I was lucky enough to have what I would might call bike mentors. I had my friend Myra and Matt who had been riding for a couple years longer than me. And I would, when I first started out, I would go places with them that I usually wouldn't go by myself. So I think I've heard people suggest buddy rides or, you know, going, you know, riding to work. I've offered that to um, friends at work that I would go to where they live a few times, a few mornings and, bike with them to show them, you know, to either help them or just kind of give them help, you know, like training wheels kind of boost to help yeah. their confidence. Totally. What a, now you're, you're closer now. It's only like two and a half miles. You know, and it's so, just... it's so much easier than it used to be. So I feel, I feel so bad, but I, I miss the harder ride in a way, you know, but yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, if you're, especially if your body is conditioned to have that be part of your process, yeah. part of your wake up process, yeah. part of your unwinding process. Mm, yeah. You know, so maybe I'll um, just have to start like working in, in, uh, Indiana or something. So I get that. <laughs> you can do it, yeah. do some kind of a loop first. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so it's not a, it's not like you have a super far commute, but how do you feel about like your personal safety? My personal safety, I feel good. I feel good. I don't feel a hundred percent all the time. I think I've, I, I see, I see cars that could be smarter. And the, my, if I was scared of one thing, it's being doored. I mean, cause mm. I really, I think the cars are that are driving are conditioned to be more aware, but there's some, this something when you're parked, you think, okay, I'm, I'm a pedestrian now when you're not until you get out of that car, because my boyfriend's, I, I happen to ride pretty slow sometimes. Cause it, like I said, it is kind of my like, easy ride, wake up time. But, um, my boyfriend's almost been doored twice. And I think it has been doored one time just by people just like looking all over the place, not paying attention, not being aware that they're not in a parking spot. They're opening their door into a bike lane. So that mm. I would say that's the biggest hazard for me. It's a scary thing. It is kind of, it is kind of a scary mm -hmm. one. Um, and sometimes uh, you, I'm sure that you know this, but, uh, you know, you can kind of look to try to see if you see any silhouettes of, mm -hmm. you know, a, a person in the driver's side or even in, in the, the rear driver's side, yeah. um, to see if you notice any movement, um, before that door kind of flies open. I have not yet knock on yeah, wood. I know I'm I doing the same thing. <laughs> I have not yet, but, um, you have to be on the lookout for it because if it's not that it could also be just someone who doesn't see you pulling out into the lane. Yeah. And there's and that kind of thing. The thing that I struggle with is it's all, it feels like it's only going to get better. I mean, I guess scaring someone into being better careful, like screaming, it, it probably would work, but it feels like this, this kind of mild tension between drivers and bikers isn't going to get better if I scream at somebody like watch out or whatever. So I struggle. And I guess I'm curious what you think too. I struggle with, okay, say you've almost been doored and you see that person to get out. Do you stop and talk to them about it? Do you like, I know I've seen plenty oh of people goodness. scream at that. Like, how do we make them be more aware of what just happened? You know, that's a, I mean, what a great question, right? Yeah. Um, First of all, I agree with you. I don't yeah. think yelling at people yeah. is going to build bridges. No. Um, but 
But it's hard Mm -hmm. because in the moment you're scared, Mm -hmm. you have that spike of adrenaline and you just want to, you know, say something mean or snarky or... It's just your gut reaction um, is to just say things you wouldn't usually say. (laughs) It's hard. Yeah, it's hard. Um, You know, I haven't been, thankfully, I haven't been exactly in that situation. I do try to, when, when I notice that people are letting me go... Yeah they don't have to wait for me. Like I live in Portland yeah. and Portland is an amazing bike city. I live in a neighborhood all the way up the top of North Portland. That's not exactly as bike friendly in my particular oh. neighborhood. Um, but I just try to like build bridges all the time when people are obviously letting me go and being kind. Um, I thank them. Yes. I always thank people. I try to um, acknowledge folks who made the choice to not cut me off um i flash peace signs a lot i just try to like signs i hadn't thought of that yeah i just just easy i've just been doing it for years um and it's really easy and i think it conveys a particular message that is like you know thanks and also we're both human right yes and that yeah that's Um, the most important thing we're not bikers and drivers we're just people trying to get where we need to go right and yeah so um, I don't know. I, I don't know about like stopping and talking to folks. It would probably be, a, it would probably work here, but I don't, I don't know. Yeah. Um, I think that that's a really interesting question to find out like what people do in different parts yeah. of the country, different cities. Yeah. For right now, um, I just kind of, I think my usual thing is, whoa, like screaming and then just riding by. Cause I don't. Yeah. And just kind of like shake your head. <laughs> like, Oh, good thing you didn't kill yeah. me. You know? Yeah, exactly. Oh. Yeah. I find myself saying that sometimes like kind of, uh, you know, in my head or under my yeah. breath and, you know, it's, but it doesn't have to, it doesn't have to be like that and it doesn't have to be that dangerous. Yeah. Um, so, so I want to ask you about your, your long, Oh yeah. so I want to ask you about your long ride. You said you've done like 30, 40, 40 mile rides yeah. so far. Yeah, I have done, um, I've done those a few times to go to a brewery or just to have like a morning ride. But I, I haven't really committed to doing a ride for a ride's sake. And this um, July, my friend Amanda has convinced me to do the ride for AIDS 200 mile bike ride. Um, I do spin classes a lot. So I feel like um, I'm, I'm starting my endurance, but once it gets a little bit nicer, I'll probably start doing those rides outside um, to get, to get jazzed up for it. Uh, the one thing, uh, I'm going to admit something, but I still don't know. How to, after eight years, I still don't know how to change a flat. So that I know it's ridiculous. I know it's ridiculous, but I, I'm not, I'm not judging. I know. It's okay. Oh, it's so terrible because I, I, the bike place is always right down the street. I have Conrad cycle. It's got to give a shout out, but, um, it's always easier it's, to just Conrad. Is it Conrad? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll send you the link. Um, cool. But I know I need to do that. And that's a big part of me committing to do these long rides. It's not that I don't want to, it's more like I need to be prepared for that kind of situation for my bike, my bike breaks down, um, or something, you know, an issue. So I am finally taking classes starting next month to learn about the bike that I've been riding for eight years, uh, or bikes, a couple of different bikes. But, um, so that'll be a big part of my process, which is something I want to do. Um, But this ride is important to me for multiple reasons. Obviously, raising money for charity is great, but also um, I don't really ride with other people a lot. I I think I I could be better at that, especially because if my – one of my hopes and dreams for our world is that there's more people biking, then I think I need to be better at 
mass people biking together, you know? I mean, the way the way we see in some European countries where it's like the kind of the main portion of the road is bicycles. Um, I think that's a goal for me is to get to be a better group rider. Um, right now I'm kind of independent um, and I don't have a lot of bike traffic on my commute. Um, some of the more, um, the newer bike, like really nice bike lanes like Milwaukee Avenue and Chicago tend to have a lot of bike traffic, but I don't catch those on my ride. So um, that's a goal for me. Uh, also, you know, doing 200 miles in two days will be a great goal for me. Um, we'll see how that goes. So, so that's what, so that's basically what it is, is 200 miles. You're doing like two centuries, yeah, doing two, two, back two centuries, back centuries, which I don't know how I got, I decided to do this, but I guess I'm doing it. Um, sometimes we have to take a step yeah. forward before you know yeah. <laughs> that the outcome is going to be. Yeah. And there's know, the... plenty of, t- wait, it's July. Did I say June? It's, there's plenty of time for me to, to get my endurance up and, and to take, to learn these lessons. And it's kind of that kick in the butt I've wanted for a while to do um, because eventually I would love to bike home to Philadelphia, you know, take like maybe a week off from work or I don't know how long it would take um, to, to bike from Chicago to Philly during the summer or something like I need, then even, I need to be even more independent in, in bike mechanics then. So um, this is my first step in that direction. That's so cool. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, how did, how did she convince you? Um, did it take a lot of convincing or did she just like, tell me about well, that? Well, because it kind of was twofold. First of all, she's been trying to get me to do it for three years. So she beat me down. But the other reason is this year, um, my goal, my new year's resolution, I guess I can call it, but really just my general life goal is to raise a ton of money for charity. So I've been basically any work outside of, um, my like full-time job, whether it's cross-stitching or uh, babysitting for friends or whatever has been, goes straight to charity now. And I kind of started that in the end of last year. So this, um, it, the, you have to raise a thousand dollars for this one. So it was a good way to like make my, commit myself to that goal as well. So it's an all, it's an all around positive thing, I think. Um, cool. and also I've had some family of, affected by AIDS. So it was a great, you know, cause as well. So a really all around good one yeah that's i mean that personal motivation you've you know um that personal motivation that connection that you have is you know is is definitely i think the key to pushing you outside of your comfort zone yeah um and i mean what what a great number of benefits you get from that uh, and even including, you know, learning how to, to ride with a group yeah. and learning how to, you know, call out things that you see on the road yep. and hazards and stuff like that. And this, um, and also hanging out. I mean, it'll be a group of four of us are doing it together. So also the benefit of just hanging with my best friends, riding my, riding my bike. So <laughs> there's a bond, there's going to be a bond there. Yeah. I think, um, that is, is fairly like. I don't know. I don't want to use the phrase unbreakable, but you know, you go through something yeah. like that and you're, you, that's pretty solid. Yeah. I can't wait to eat sandwiches on the side of the road. <laughs> um, so, so you haven't changed a flat and you want to learn how to do that. Have you ever thought about like, and that it's awesome that you've got a local bike shop mm-hmm. that is just like kind of right next door yeah. and we'll take care of that stuff for you really quickly. Yeah. Um, so you're going to learn how to do that, but you're, you're taking like a mechanic class. Yeah, I'm going to do, I think it's called, um, at BFF bikes, which is the women's bike shop here in Chicago. They have, cool. I think it's just called mechanics of a bike. So 
th- that one actually doesn't teach fixing a flack, but it's just like kind of going through how everything works and, and so that that way I'll be able to make simple adjustments that I usually would go to Comrade and be like, this feels weird, but now maybe I can work through some of those um, first thoughts myself, like if something's up with the chain or whatever. I know it's, I do have some amount of embarrassment about not doing this before in eight years, but I guess I just didn't care before. And now, now I kind of want to have a little more ownership over my ride. So, um, but yeah, I'm going to do that at BFF bikes. And then, um, uh, maybe I'll have to go and comrade is the one that's closer, but BFF I'm um, doing cause, uh, they are the women's one. So that's also more fun too. Do you, um, have any, any like cycling blogs or websites or, you know, folks that you follow? So I follow, I went to, um, oh my gosh, the women, national women's forum on bicycling last, I can't, I, I, I'll look that up. Um, what it's actually called. (laughs) Cause I, I got it confused cause it's part of the, um, more the national bike summit, but it's like the first day. So I, um, I went to the women's portion of it and I, uh, ended up following a lot of women on Twitter there. So I keep up abreast, um, abreast of a lot of stuff there. But like I said earlier, I, I always check my wheel women updates, which is how we connected. Um, but I think mostly Twitter, I see random articles, um, and, and I'll follow that kind of stuff. Cause I'm trying to, and yeah, that's it. Um, I'm just trying to keep more abreast of the stuff that's happening in government with bike laws and, and how much of the transportation budget is allocated for bikes and that kind of stuff, because I want to be an advocate, but it, it's, it's kind of with all the stuff that's going on and, and it's all different in every city. It's, it's kind of like a, you know, full-time reading job to keep up on, on who's getting what and who, who, who is helpful in what city and, and how certain cities are, um, uh, solving, solving the problems of, all different, having all different kinds of, um, transportation in there. Well, it's really like a kaleidoscope of different issues yeah. because I mean, you've got like your micro neighborhood issues. Mm-hmm. And then even if you just look at different layers of government between, you know, state and local city, county, mm-hmm. and then, you know, federal funding and, and, and all of this stuff. I mean, there's, there's really like quite a lot that goes yeah. into it. So there's really no shortage. There's really no shortage of reading. No, there isn't. Um, But it is so interesting because I, there's a lot of also, I think, um, misunderstanding amongst the community at large about how the roads get made and what taxes go towards it and what kind of destroys the roads and, and, and makes a, a need to repair them. So I know that I've read about in some cities, I sound so, I don't know all the facts, but I've read about in some cities how, they hear a lot of drivers talking about that they're not paying or drivers yelling at bike people that they're not paying for the roads or that, right. that and all that kind of stuff. And I think that there's, I think kind of, there isn't a lot of people who completely understand what's going on, even in their own city. So I'd like to, um, to, to be, to be better at that, at, at being an advocate for that and being a resource for other people to know exactly right. what, how, what's happening in our city at least. Yeah. And I think that that's really, I think it's really important because then we can kind of help correct those things when it is, when it becomes aware, when we become aware of it. Um, and the other thing is that there's there, I think it's rare that people are only cyclists. Yeah. I, th- I think it's really common in some places, mm-hmm. um, you know, and in some like, like little micro segments, mm-hmm. but 
Um, you know, most of us are drivers too. Mm-hmm. Most of us, even if we don't, you know, we have a car in the family or, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like between us and our partners yeah. and, um, you know, we still, we still drive, we still pay taxes yeah. and all of those things. Um, so yeah, I think that that's really important and, and good to be able to be well-versed on yeah. it just to, to know what you're yeah. talking about. Yeah. So you can like, kind of like very quickly be like, actually, that's not, yeah. you know, that's not really the case. Yeah. Um, I think the first, I was going to say, I realized when we were talking, the first time I really became interested, I read Bikeonomics, Ellie Blue's Bikeonomics. Am I I saying that right? Bikeonomics? I think so, yeah. Um, That was the first time when I started understanding how much I didn't understand. So that was kind of um, maybe two or three years ago, reading that wasn't very interesting. And let's give just a little shout out to Ellie Blue, who is the person who founded the Wheel Woman Switchboard. Yes, she's awesome. Um, I got to meet her at the Women's Forum on Bicycling. I think that's what the title of it. They're part of the (laughs) National National Bike Center, but she is awesome. And she was so, I went to like, they had a little meetup the day before and she was just so unassuming. I was like, oh, you're the, you know, you're the woman who's made me more passionate about bike advocacy. And she's like, hi have a, you know, have a beer or whatever, you know, just such a friendly person. Yeah. That's, that's, that's awesome. Um, yeah, Ellie's, Ellie's great. I have to, um, have a little bit of a disclaimer there, which is that I'm, I'm a writer and, um, she's edited one of my short stories into, into one of her books. Oh, one of the, the bike comics ones? Yeah. Well, the, the pedal zombies book. Oh yeah. I'll check. Oh, I don't think I've read that one. I'll check it out. Yeah, it's fun. So awesome. just, uh, you know, so I mean, she's definitely one of, you know, one of the folks who's doing great things. Cool. Um, so, so Jess, what do you think is like one thing that you would want new riders to know? Like what's, I, you know, a piece of advice you didn't get that you'd like to give something like that? Um, can I give a piece of advice that I did get? That's a little bit TMI. Girl, it, it really whatever is. you need, it, whatever you got to say. Cause other, I've told this to other people and they found it helpful. But when I first started riding my bike, riding my bike in the city, this is really just TMI, but my friend Matt said, Jess, this is going to be really fun. But once you start riding every day, you're going to feel like you got an STD. It's just your body getting used to the saddle and everything, which I know is you can cut that out if you need to. But some of my friends, when I told them after a week, they're like, oh, I'm really glad you told me that. But it go, you know, you, you, your whole body gets used to it. You're, you'll feel sore and all that kind of thing. But that goes away and then your body kind of your whole body craves that ride you know on the days when i you know we stay home from work or something like that or i just didn't make it out that day your body is not happy so it not only gets over that initial feeling of not being used to it but it gets really used to it and, and couldn't crave it more could i couldn't crave it more yeah <laughs> Yeah, I think I think that's another great point. It's just like when you're, you know, when you're starting an exercise yeah. regimen or even just starting walking yeah. regularly, if that's not something that your body is used to, mm-hmm. you you go through this short period of time where you're kind of you're using muscles differently, maybe ones you didn't know you had. Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, so I but then soon it's it's just, you know, you become ready for that for that chemistry. It's yeah. like, you know, free brain drugs and, and you know, and yeah. and it's like, wow, where is that? In fact, I'm like watching the, I'm watching it dim behind yeah. me. And I think my, my window is uh, no pun intended, but I think my window is kind of closing on, on my day in particular <laughs> of, yeah. of being able to get out on, onto a bike. Yeah. Um, is there any, anything else that you've heard? Any other, 
any other tips or just kind of like uh, you know one-off things yeah. that kind of that sort of come to mind? I think um, the I think you kind of mentioned it, but um, just giving keeping keeping it up and and keep trying like with um, either in the winter bike stuff like keep giving it a go. Talk to other people. Be aware that there's a community out there, um, and ask for tips and and don't be don't be scared to ask for a bike buddy. If you need to get started, like right on. Um, go ha- go buy your friend breakfast, and then you guys can ride ride to work together a few times. You know. Yeah, um, I think that there are a lot of, I think that there is probably a lot of access for that, and I think that that's really great. I think a lot of folks, women especially, you know, you just kind of want someone to be along with you to show you. Um, that that's how you shift if you're not familiar with it or um and I think that especially what I'm noticing in the the women bike community which is just huge because there are so many of us doing so much different kinds of riding it's it's really phenomenal when you stop to take a look I think lots of women are really excited to help Mm -hmm. because we know how amazing and freeing and good feeling it is when you can get out there and do your thing. I went to Woman Bike Chicago event last week. I, I should have mentioned this earlier, but cool. And that's, that's all awesome. of the, just, just speaking of what you're saying about women being excited for each other, but uh, people were walking around like, "Oh, are you a commuter? Are you a long distance person?" Like everybody just wants to hang out. Like it was yeah. packed in there. You know, it was uh, just people were excited to hear about what's going on in the community. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, I'll get some more info and we'll we'll put some links in the show notes so that people have access to maybe some of your favorite resources in Chicago, too. That'd be pretty cool. Um, I think I have one last thing that was actually maybe one of my first questions for you um, that I didn't get to yet. But you'd mentioned in the beginning about powering through hills. Mm-hmm. Um, when I'm noticing that a lot of folks are finding that hills and climbs are something that they feel afraid about they feel some fear uh any any thoughts i know you said you go to spin class Um, Um, yes i mean spin class does help um obviously shifting knowing how to shift gears will give you a lot of help there um like i said i grew up in suburbs of philadelphia so that was all i knew for a long time but i have to say i went home two years ago and did a triathlon in philly and i was like oh my god i forgot i forgot the hills (laughs) so um that was that was a little bit of a shocker, but I, I would I would just say, you know, give it a try. I mean, are, are, when you say women are afraid of the hills, is it like they think they're not going to get to the top? Yeah, I don't know. So, I think it is a mindset thing. So, I think it's like it's this fear of that of that pain and that discomfort. Maybe even fear that you can't make it up and you got to walk. Oh, I will say this then. I have. You know. um, this is so dorky, but like I have, we, when we Mike and I, my boyfriend and I went on a ride, were we in Seattle? I can't remember, but there was a really long hill that I, you couldn't even see how how steep it was. Like we we thought we were done and then we realized we were only halfway done, but I was singing songs to myself. So um, you know how they have you do like what whatever song, oh, uh, the BG song, Stay Alive to when you're doing CPR. Well, just find oh, a right. song that's on your beat. And sometimes it, um, Especially if you're by yourself, you won't feel embarrassed, but it makes it a little bit more fun. And then I will say the top of that hill is the best feeling in the world. So chase it. Um, but I, maybe sing. Let's be silly. We're on bikes. Let's have fun. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. 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 There's there's nothing. You can't have that like fun downhill experience if you don't do that climb. Yeah, exactly. You were talking about that Maddie Young wall in Philly, were you? Uh, ridiculous. I, that thing is so scary. It's, 
I've only seen. I don't it on know TV. where. I don't know where we were, but I have to say, like, it. I was. I totally forgot about hills because I've been here so long that I was like, I. I mean, my street was on a hill, but I was like, oh, I did not train for this. <laughs> I've definitely done triathlons before, but that I wasn't ready for those hills. But but I sang bust. I know all the words to bust a move, so I sang that the whole time. That's awesome. I'm ex- now I'm exposing my secrets. <laughs> That's what a good tip though. I think that's great. When I taught myself um, in middle school how to ice skate, I sang the Facts of Life theme (laughs) over and over and and just I mean it's a very short theme song. And it just keeps you going, keeps going. That's great. Awesome. (laughs) Jess, it was I am so thankful that you took the time out to chat with me. This is great. Um I I am gonna get some more details from you. I'm definitely gonna link up your your um your page and your link to your AIDS ride for to get even more donations awesome. to help you with your with your goal for 2016. I would love. And maybe we can check back in with you like along the way. Yeah. When I'll let you know when I learn or... how a bike works, even though I've been riding. <laughs> like this goes yeah. faster, yeah. right? Yeah. You just keep yeah. pedaling. Apparently, it just goes faster and faster. <laughs> That's awesome. All right. Cool. Thank you so much, everybody. Jess Hainberry. Thank you. <laughs> Well, there you have it, folks. I hope you enjoyed our chat with Jess Hainbury. Again, you can find the links that we discussed at girleatsbike.com forward slash joyride001. And also, I'd love for you to subscribe to rate the show or leave a review in iTunes. That'd be super cool. Uh, Like I said, it is launch week here at the Joyride, which means we're posting a new show every day this week. Please tune in for tomorrow's episode featuring author and Pilates extraordinaire Emily June Street. If you or someone you know would be a good fit to be a guest on the Joyride podcast, go to bit.ly.com forward slash Joyride guest. That's all lowercase, and I'm going to spell it out for you. It's bit.ly forward slash Joyride guest. That's all lowercase. Like I said, it's one of the only times that case sensitivity matters in this kind of stuff. Um, But Bitly, it's a tricky, fickle little beast. Anyway, go to bitly.com forward slash joyride guest and tell me about yourself. And please go ahead and share that link with a gal who you think might be a good fit for the show. The more the merrier. Remember, friends, life shrinks or expands in proportion to one's courage. Take care of yourselves and each other. Thanks for listening, and until next time, I hope you enjoy the ride.